So uh, I want to start, uh, and I'm not going to preach long today because we've already got mainly what the Lord wanted us to get. But in October, we really wanted to stress finances as we're approaching the uh, building fund offering because we want you to know why you're going to be giving and the benefits of giving. And people that, um, people that don't like what we call the prosperity message don't know what the prosperity message is. God was a prosperity preacher, or Jesus, and he is a prosperous God. And let me tell you, if somebody paves their roads with gold, do you think they're living in poverty and enjoying poverty? I think he's a little elaborate, don't you? I mean, he makes foundations out of diamonds and emeralds and different jewels. What kind of a person does that? Somebody that is prosperity-minded does that. So I want to look at Matthew 6, verse 10. <clears throat> this is the prayer we know as the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus, uh, when the disciples said, teach us how to pray, then Jesus taught them this prayer. Now, this is kind of a model prayer. You don't want, I mean, he didn't, I don't think he intended for us to quote it. He just wanted to show us how to pray. And so in verse 10, he says, pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as we read that, we find out that what God had in mind when he created the earth and when he created mankind, was he wanted to franchise heaven. He wanted, he had already created heaven, this wonderful place, and now he wanted to deposit it into the earth realm and uh, the physical realm. He wanted the kingdom of God to be established in a physical realm as well. Now, we know there are two realms. There is the physical realm, and then there is the spirit realm. And so Jesus was saying, your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, the reason why God wanted heaven on earth was because he wanted his will to be done here on earth just like it is in heaven. So to understand uh, what the kingdom of God is all about here on this earth. And it isn't a literal kingdom where, you know, it has thrones and all that. It is a spiritual kingdom that is established right here in the middle of Satan's kingdom, which he had established after Adam and Eve sinned. After Adam and Eve sinned, then Satan developed his kingdom on this earth. So we have two kingdoms that are available to us while we live on this earth. One is the kingdom of darkness or the, the demonic kingdom. And the other is the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, however you want to talk about it. But it is available because Jesus said, listen, you may, if you need 
to know how to pray, you need to know that there is a kingdom, the kingdom living available here on this earth in the middle of all of Satan's kingdom. So um, to understand <clears throat> what, how God thinks and what his will is, <coughs> we really have to go to the Bible, look through the Bible and find out what his will is in every situation. Now, I'm not going to take time to teach you this morning, but you know, as we read through and watch Jesus establishing the kingdom of God here on this earth, you know, he would heal the sick, he would raise the dead, he would cast out demons, and then he would say, now you know that the kingdom of God has come near you. So we know that Jesus was demonstrating the way God wants us to live here on the earth. He wants us to live like those pictures I showed you in that secret place. And then he kind of demonstrated it in, uh, with the children of Israel when they were living in the land of Goshen. And he showed that, there, that he could protect a whole nation of people from the plagues because they had a covenant with him. And so the, uh, he covered... The children, and they lived different than the Egyptians. Would you agree with that? They lived different. You and I need to live different. So how does he view our finances? That's what I want to talk about for just a minute. What's in God's mind? Now, I was raised in a denomination that uh, their motto for pastors was this, Lord, you keep them humble and we'll keep them poor. And they felt like that poverty was next to godliness. And that's kind of the way Pastor and I were raised in this denomination. And so I heard an account of one time a, um, a, a church, this is in the church that I grew up in, a church gave a food pounding to the pastors. And you all know what a food pounding is? It's kind of a food shower where they brought food to the pastors. I'm not sure if there was a, a need for it or they was just trying to be nice or something. Well, the treasurer of the church wrote down every item that had been brought to the pastor and deducted it from his salary. The price of those, that, that food that was given to them, they deducted it from the wages of the pastor. That was their thinking. And so uh, I saw, I see in that kind of an action a poverty mentality. There are many people that have a poverty mentality and they don't know it. My, uh, one of my relatives uh, has a poverty mentality. Oh, my goodness. She got a million-dollar settlement for something. And within a, just a two or three years, she had gotten rid of all of it. And she was poverty-stricken, practically. She was very uncomfortable having money. Because the way she chopped, she would go down to the grocery store... And she would uh, look for the cheapest brand and the best deal she could find. And that's what she would talk about. 
when I would visit with her, she'd say, guess what I found today? I found five cans of whatever for however many dollars it was. It's like, whoa, that is really news, you know. And, uh, but I saw she never had money. She gave a lot of money away. But she never put her faith out for a return on her harvest. Now, you may think, well, what's wrong with shopping for the best deal? There's not a thing wrong with it. But if that's your whole thinking, then I think there's something wrong with it because that's not the way God thinks. You know, there was a woman in... Uh, uh, Mark 12, look at Mark 12, verse 41. This is Jesus, and he sat down opposite the treasury and saw how the crowd was casting money into the treasury. Many rich people were throwing in large sums. And a widow who was poverty-stricken came and put in what? Two copper mites, the smallest of coins, which together make up a half of a cent. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly and surely, I tell you, this widow, she who is poverty-stricken, has put in more than all those contributing to the treasury. Now, she didn't literally put in more, but she had a mindset. She knew something that you and I must know. That money is not the answer to our life. Money is not our God. And we can love God rather than love money. And she loved God more than she loved her money. And I believe if she put in every bit of her, her salary, whatever it was, must not have been much, then she knew the heart of God. And she knew that giving what she had was going to change her financial situation. Now, we don't have the outcome of that, but we do have enough scripture to back it up. That when we give, the Bible tells us that God will multiply the seed that we've sown, give us all sufficiency in all things, that we have no need of any aid or support, but we can give to every good work. When God sees that we have that kind of mentality, that we do not love money, that we're willing to give money, then he's, that's who he's looking for. You know, I've read the scripture many times, and I won't look, look at it today, but in, first, in 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, it talks about how God loves a quick-to-do-it, hilarious, joyful giver. Now, how can you be a hilarious, joyful giver if you're given everything you have? And God doesn't ask us to do that, incidentally. But how can you be hilariously giving? The only way you can do it is you know all about the covenant and kingdom living. But then there was this rich man, rich, 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 rich man, <clears throat> it's the Bible called him a rich man. In Luke, the 12th chapter, in um, verse 6, starting in verse 16, it says, uh, Then he told, this is Jesus, 
Then he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man was fertile and yielded plentifully. And he considered and debated within himself, What shall I do? I have no place in which to gather together my harvest. And he said, I will do this. I will pull down my storehouses and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain or produce and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many good things laid up, enough for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself merrily. But God said to him, You fool. So don't take that down, but God called him a fool, but he didn't call him a fool because he was rich. He actually didn't call him a fool because he built barns. He didn't call him a fool because he stored up his grain necessarily. So why did he call him a fool? You fool, this very night... They, the messengers of God, will demand your soul of you and all the things that you have prepared. Whose will they be? Then the next verse. So it is with the one who continues to lay up and hoard possessions for himself and is not rich in his relation to God. This is how he fares. So he called him a fool because he was not rich towards God. Even though he was rich in the natural, he was not rich towards God. Now, how can you be rich towards God? Or what causes you not to be rich towards God? The Bible says um, in Matthew, um, I think it's 624. Would you put up Matthew 624? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand by and be devoted to the one and despise and be against the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, deceitful riches, money, possessions, or whatever is trusted in. I like that part. What is trusted in? Where is your trust? The reason this man... now. Now, he was rich, but he had a poverty mentality. You know why? Because he was trusting in his riches. And he was hoarding his riches. Now, I'm all for saving. Everybody should save. You know, when Pastor, Pastor and I, we always, when we got money, when we got our salary, we took the first tenth, gave our tithe. The second tenth went into savings, and the rest of it was what we used to pay our bills and live with. Because I believe we should save. It is scriptural to save, but not hoard. When you hoard, you are trusting in money. I've just got to hang on to this. I've got to hang on to it. I can't afford it. Now, you might not be able to afford it in the natural, and you shouldn't buy what you, shouldn't, you don't have money for. But you can believe God for good things. Mark eleven twenty four says, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. 
So God's not against things. And I remember Brother Hagin sharing this. He had a vision. Uh, Jesus had appeared to him. And he says, I'm not against people being rich. I'm against people being greedy. And so it's a heart issue. We always stress that. It's a heart issue. This man had a heart issue with money. The woman with the two mites did not have a heart issue with money. Her heart was, uh, according to the scripture that says, where your heart is, there will your, I mean, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, Luke 12, 34. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is going to be. Or, and actually it says, where your treasure is, that's where you're going to have your heart. Where your treasure is, what you do with your money, what you value the most is where your heart's going to be. And you know, there's some people that value a, a, should I say this, a football game rather than the church, going to church. You notice I'm here and the Cowboys are going to be playing in 15 minutes. But I'm here. Because this is where my heart is. My heart is here. And people whose heart is here, their money's going to follow it. And where their money follows, that's where their heart's going to be. Somebody gave me a a prayer cloth last night. And she said to, to me, I got this prayer cloth because I'm believing God for $1.5 million for the church. I mean, that gave me goosebumps. I thought, here's a a woman whose heart is in the church. She's not believing for her own finances, although she probably is. But I mean, her heart is for what we need here at the church. To finish up our new church debt free. So. The mentality. There's, there's two different mentalities. You can have a poverty mentality. Or a prosperity mentality. And they both have results. And uh, Jesus called the man a fool. That was not rich towards God. And as Eugene was talking about the um, tithe. In Malachi, the third chapter, giving the tithe. And I don't have the time to, maybe I do. Malachi 3, you need to see this. In Malachi, the third chapter, uh, verse, uh, let me find it here. I wrote it down. Malachi 3, we're going to read verse 6 first. Malachi. I don't have that. I just had the reference down, so I might be able to find it real quick. I know where it's at. Okay. I just wanted to read this first because people say, well, tithing is not in the New Testament. Well, have you ever noticed where Malachi is in the Bible? It's just before Matthew. Okay. But no, this is, this is the scripture. For I am the Lord, I do not change. 
I just wanted to emphasize that. I mean, what God wanted in the Old Testament, he still wants in the New. He's just changed the way to do it. But that's still in his heart. And so, uh, verse, go to verse 6. Uh, excuse me. Let me find that again. Uh, verse 8, please. Will a man rob or defraud God, yet you rob and defraud me? But you say, in what way do we rob or defraud you? Well, you have withheld your tithes and offerings. You are, uh-oh, uh, just, just before I read this, a tithe is 10% of your income, in case you don't know. Anything over that is an offering. So, uh, just to be clear. So, the prophet is saying, you are cursed with the curse. For you are robbing me, even this whole nation. Now, I want to tell you, God is a God that's involved in blessing. He is not involved in cursing. So, uh, next verse. Bring all the tithe, the whole tenth of your income, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and prove me now by it, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a what? A blessing Whew. that there is not even room enough to receive it. And I told you last week that that actually means in the Hebrew, God will pour blessings on you until heaven runs out. Do you think heaven's ever going to run out of blessings? Never, never, never. That means God's not going to quit. He's not going to stop blessing. He's going to bless you and not stop. So there. So uh, did we get to verse 21? Can you go to the next verse, please? Whoops, not 21, sorry. 11. There we go. I was looking at the wrong one. And I will rebuke the devourer, the insects and the plagues for your sake. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine drop its fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. He's going to rebuke that devourer that devours. Now, I'm going to tell you, the devil tries to devour. He tried to devour my car. He did a pretty good job of it. But guess what? I've got another one on its way, and it's a better one. I just got to get to Enid to get it. But uh, the devil tries, and it just backfires on him. He tries to steal. He tries to kill. He tries to destroy. But it backfires on him when you're living in the kingdom of God. Now, I want to show you God's mentality as we uh, kind of close. Um. I, I do want to give an incident before I go into this, uh, and I've shared this before, but uh, when Charlie and I moved to, uh, to Guymon here early on in 1977 and started the church, this was even before we started the church. This, we had just moved, and we had bought a house, and we were below the poverty level at that time because uh, he had been going to school. 
And so we didn't make much money. We believed God for almost every bit of money that we got. And we never lacked anything. And so we had bought a house over on 123 Paul Avenue. And um, our payment was due on Wednesday, which was 300 and seems like it was 360. And Monday came and we didn't have $360. $360. And I was praying and I said, oh God, you know, you are our source. Da, da, da. And so uh, we were going to a full gospel businessmen's meeting that night and the Spirit of God says, somebody's going to give you some money tonight. I said, yeah. Okay. So we went to the full gospel businessmen's meeting and um, sure enough, somebody gave us $100. And I just thought, hallelujah. I mean, we have $100. All we need is 260 more. And so the next morning I got up and uh, on a piece of paper there was some scratching of multiplications and numbers and stuff. And, and I was highly suspicious and I went to Charlie and I said, where's that $100? And he said, oh, I put it in an envelope and put it in the mail to a friend of ours that's in the ministry. I said, what? You gave away my $100 that I believed for. I couldn't believe it. I was livid. I mean, not, I didn't let him know how livid I was because I was still a submissive wife at that time. But, uh, but uh, I was. Inside, I was complaining greatly. And so I was sitting down getting ready to do my devotions. And um, would you put up Deuteronomy 28, 40, 47, please? Deuteronomy 28, 40. I opened the Bible. You know how you do opened the Bible, and there was this scripture. Deuteronomy 28, 47. Maybe I could find it. It jumped out at me. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness of mind and heart in gratitude for the abundance of all with which he had blessed you. And then it began to talk about how things are not going to work out really well for you. And I said, I'm thinking that God might be speaking to me right now. And so I repented and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm joyful. I thank God. I, you know, I forgave Charlie. I did everything that you're supposed to do. And by Wednesday, we had more than enough to pay our bill, our house payment. And I thought, you know, we were learning. But I was learning to have a prosperity mentality and not hoarding. I was learning to be rich towards God. And being rich towards God is simply trusting God. Trusting God. I believe the woman with the the mites trusted God. And we must trust God. If we're going to be givers, we're going to trust God. Is he going to do what he said he would do? God is a blesser. Now, I don't have time to go into the rest of it that I was going to because the Lord went just a little bit different way. But God is, I just, I want to look at Genesis first, Genesis 1:28, Because I want to see, now a blessing means Blessing means prosperity and liberality. No, I want um, 
Did I tell you what I wanted? Genesis 128. So this is when God was making Adam and Eve. And was creating them. And once they got, actually it was Adam right at this time. He spoke to this and he spoke this over them. The first thing that God did for mankind was to bless them. Which means bless them with prosperity and liberality. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. God's heart is to bless. Curses came when man sinned and Satan is the author of curses. Now if we had time we would look at Deuteronomy 28 the, starting after verse 13 I think it is and you're going to read all the curses. And it basically is sickness, disease, poverty, uh, captivity, death, all the things that are just make people miserable on this earth. And they come from the enemy, the curse. But we can get out from under that curse. And we can live in the blessing because that's what God had in mind in the beginning when he said, my kingdom come. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so God was a blesser. And uh, I just, uh, I'm going to end with um, Deuteronomy 28. I'm going to start with verse 1. There's so much here that maybe I'll pick this up on Wednesday. So this is uh, God, what God spoke to Moses. And the Bible, uh, Bible tells us, excuse me. Yes, Moses. I was trying to think if it was Abraham or Moses, but it's Moses. If you will listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God... Being watchful to do all his commandments, which I command you this day. Now, what are the commandments that we have this day? We have two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And the second is likened to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the commandments that fulfill all the commandments that was in the Old Testament. So that's the commandments we have. So, so we could put that in there, being watchful to do all his commandments, which I command you this day. Then if you do that, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. Now these are the blessings. These blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord your God. Okay, we're getting ready to see what's in the mind of God. Blessed, prosperous, shall you be in the city. And blessed, prosperous, shall you be in the field. Doesn't matter where you live, you're going to be blessed. Blessed will be your children, the fruit of your body, your crops, the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your livestock, the increase of your cattle and your young. Blessed shall, you be, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading trough. That's your food supply. Blessed shall, shall you be when you come in 
And blessed shall you be when you go out. Coming and going, you're going to be blessed. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise up against you to be defeated before your face. The devil will be defeated before your face. And they shall come out against you one way, but flee before you seven ways. You're going to be victorious in everything that comes against you. We've talked about that this morning. The Lord shall command, I like this part. The Lord shall command the blessings upon your bank accounts. And in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he's sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see. Ha ha. That you are called by my name and in the presence of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. In other words, they're going to respect you. You're, you're kind of different, you know. Yeah, we're different. And the Lord shall make you to ha- I like this. God is prosperity minded. The Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body, your livestock, your ground, and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. And the Lord, this is what we need right now. The Lord shall open up to you his good treasuries, the heavens, to give the rain of your land in its season and to bless the works of your hands. And you shall lend and not borrow. That's kingdom living. That's God's will here on earth, even as it is in heaven. God has no lack in heaven. Now we need the rain. So we have something to stand on. But we have to understand our God before. We have to understand what's in his mind before we can truly prosper. Because it's by faith. And we don't have time to get into that. And I'll probably talk on that on uh, Wednesday night. It's by faith. By faith that we receive the blessing. How many of you here want to be blessed? Okay, that's pretty much 100%. How many of you here want to be cursed? Okay, that is 100%. We want to live under the blessing. And you may think, well, you know, you're just up there preaching because prosperity, because you want money for the new church, uh, you know. Uh uh-uh that's not why we preach prosperity you know what why we preach prosperity because we want to see you prosper just like third john second uh verse says beloved i wish above all things that you might prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers your soul cannot prosper in prosperity unless you know what god's will is and so we've got we're learning our God. I mean, those two pictures that I put up, that's God's heart. I'm so thankful. So thankful for a God that's more than enough. Jehovah Jireh. A God that's more than enough. More than enough. Not just barely getting by. A God that's more than enough. You know why he's more than enough? 
Because he wants you to have a surplus of prosperity so that you can be a giver. And I heard a slogan just this last week. It's just a little three-word slogan. Give, receive, repeat. Give, receive, repeat. That's why we give. That's why we receive. And then we do it all over again. We are known as generous people because we take after our God. Stand with me. Now, I want to encourage you that, especially you that's part of this church, that want have, have the church of God as in your heart. God wants to furnish you with seed to sow, the Bible says. I remember... Uh, Back when Pastor and I were just getting started, uh, we were in a, a meeting and we had nothing. That was, like I said, we were we were living by faith, and we felt led to give five hundred dollars, but we didn't have it, so we pledged it, and then we believed God for it. And when we believed God for it, guess what happened? We received it, and then we gave it. So God wants to bless you so that you can be a giver. So I've encouraged you from time to time. Seek the Lord. Ask him, what do you want me to give? Where is my faith? You know, your faith probably isn't for a million dollars yet. If it is, great. But it might be for a hundred dollars. It might be for 500. I don't know. I know what God's told me to give. And I believe in God for it. But I want you to get involved and just believe God. Because when you put your money in that church, that's where your heart's going to be. It has been our honor to offer this message today. If you would like to partner with us as we continue to bring the Word of God, we would ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Victory Center with a financial donation. You may do so today via the online giving portal at victorycenter.org. Thank you.